Well, some Big 12 football teams have their seasons in the books. Some are still continuing this week. And one of those teams who has wrapped up the 2020 season, the Kansas State Wildcats, we now say hello to Tim Fitzgerald, friend of the show, GoPowerCat.com, doing a great job covering the Kansas State Wildcats. Tim, uh, talk about a, a roller coaster year in Manhattan. 4 0 in Big 12 play to a 4 and 5 finish. How much does the way the second half of the season went, I, I guess, take the shine off of how the first half of the season went? You know, I think quite a bit. Uh, you know, if you go back and look at this season, they found ways to win early. I mean, there's, there's, they weren't blowing people out by any stretch of the imagination. They were just finding a way to win these games. And that went away in midseason. And maybe it was because simply they ran into better teams. Uh, let's be blunt here. Outside of Oklahoma, uh, when they played TCU, that wasn't a very good team. They caught Kansas and Tech uh, early. Well, it didn't matter when you caught Kansas. But you know what I'm saying. They, they Then they ran into the string of West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State. And they caught Iowa State right when the Cyclones were becoming what we now see as a really good football team. And – on top of that, the injuries and everything just piled up and the season kind of sat down on top of them and was just too much weight for them to bear. Now, when you when you look at that second half, I mean, is it one of those things, Tim, where, where you've kind of had some time to evaluate it and you say to yourself, okay, a lot of this was just driven by, you know, some injuries, not having uh, Skylar Thompson there at quarterback. It's tough to stop the bleeding without that veteran leadership. Or was it just a team that, you know, as you said, uh, maybe wore down a little bit with a lot of young players and maybe it was just frankly not as talented? All of that, I think. You know, and, and on top of that, you have to look at the simple fact that they were running an offense with the true freshman quarterback and a true freshman running back that was really the feature of the offense. In the middle of that stretch, you lose Briley Moore, your senior tight end, who was impacting the team in a very positive way, and he goes out with an injury. And I think what it turned out to be was K-State was running pretty simple stuff on offense. You know, they, they, they were pretty basic because of their reliance on some freshmen and as they put more stuff on film, they became easier to defend. And teams really kind of locked in on Deuce Vaughn. I mean, what a tip of the cap to Deuce Vaughn that Big 12 defenses in his true freshman season were scheming to take him away. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how good he was. So um, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I think it all added up. I think this team by the end of the season was completely physically and mentally worn down by uh, not not really the season, but the circumstances around the season. I mean, they went unscathed through this schedule. Pete, if you told me K-State or any school was going to do that at the start of the season, I would have laughed at you. Uh, they, they somehow fielded the team every time they had a game scheduled. And there was a couple games, Iowa State included. Uh, Oklahoma, ironically, in a game they won, where they were very close to being able to declare a no contest. But Chris Kleiman wanted to get through the schedule. He saw value in playing the games, even with losses. Uh, And uh, by season's end, I think the players were just done. We're done. And it didn't surprise me they opted out of a bowl. Yeah. uh, Tim Fitzgerald, go power catters here. So then, you know, Tim, this seemed like there was, I was surprised where there was a lot more chatter at the end of the season uh, about not knocking Coach Kleiman, but certainly 
questioning him more than we've ever heard K-State fans do that in his first couple of years in the job. Was that emotion of a five-game losing streak, or do you think there was some uh, fair critiques there down the street? Uh, both. <clears throat> I mean, anytime you start stringing together five losses, people get upset. Um, and, and I think there was some real criticism of the offensive schemes, you know, and, and I think fans were totally missing the point that this was a rebuilding year on the offensive side of the ball, but the good news was you had a senior quarterback. Well, then that went away and you're now trying to run systems with a, a true freshman quarterback. Oh, who, by the way, didn't get spring football because of COVID. So um, I, fans aren't patient anymore, Pete. They just aren't. Uh, they aren't in any way. And I tend to be the same way at times, but maybe it was the fact that I was close enough to the situation. I knew that this season didn't mean much. You know, the fact that they won four games after losing that opener to Arkansas State, after that day, I thought, Maybe they'll beat Kansas and someone else. So there was some value in what happened this season, even though it didn't work out quite the way everyone wanted it to. Do you think, Tim, that uh, Courtney Messingham is is going to be the offensive coordinator in 2021 for this team? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I have no doubt in my mind he will be. Uh, there's a couple things at work here. One, uh, Chris Kleiman believes in this offensive system. Um, it, you know, yeah, they, they had great success at North Dakota State with it. Uh, even Kleiman admits they took the field with better players than everyone else, and that makes everything look better. Um, but I also believe in this offensive system. I, I really think that this system can work at this level when teams aren't running the ball as much. Mm. They're not, uh, you know, they're 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 built for different types of offenses than what K State wants to run. And I, I don't know, I. I understand why people were upset with Courtney Messingham. There were times when the play calling seemed um, play by play. You know, this is what we're going to run now, and then we're going to run this. And there didn't seem to be a lot of constructing schemes as the game went on, so setting people up. Uh, but there was that going on. It's, it's kind of, you know, he's trying to do a nice painting, and you only got about three colors. There just weren't enough offensive weapons on this team to really get the full, um, you know, color of what the offense can be and wants to be. And it, that was true last season. And frankly, it's probably going to be true next season. They have to recruit better on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Tim, <clears throat> at quarterback, Skylar Thompson's coming back. Um, you know, obviously, Will Howard had an up and down true freshman year. But as you noted, walks into a tough spot. No spring practice. True freshman. It's a difficult place for him to be. Uh, they've got a big, obviously, quarterback recruit coming in next year. The Skylar Thompson news, how surprising was it to you? And, and what does it mean for this team in 2021? Well, let's go back and, and, and look at this from a fan's perspective. You know, when Will Howard came on and they started winning and, uh, you know, everyone loves that backup quarterback and he was winning uh, and everyone's like, well, you know, maybe it's best Skyler moves on because Jake Rubley's coming in next year. And then after three losses, everyone's like, I hope Skyler comes back. So <laughs> it's, it's it, it really defined how fans <clears throat> handle things, if you want to say it that way. At some point, Will Howard became the starter and Skyler became the backup that everyone was enamored with. Uh, it helps his team tremendously. Uh, it helps Will Howard and it helps Jake Rubley. They may not play as much, 
But as Will Howard proved through the course of this season, he has so much to learn about this level of play. And, and honestly, I think he got beat up. He, the His passes weren't getting out of his hand with the same zip we saw on high school videos. So that tells me something else went wrong with Will Howard as the season progressed. Um, the quarterback position at K-State's in really good hands. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Skyler will counsel these two guys. Uh, who knows what the season brings? Maybe Skyler gets dinged up again. But uh, you're going to have a legitimate battle in the future of this quarterback position between two really talented guys and Will Howard, who has the experience now, and Jake Rubley, who comes in rated by some services, including ESPN, as one of the top quarterbacks coming out of the high school ranks this season. In fact, uh, you know, it should be emphasized that he had a full straight-on offer from LSU and went on a visit, and they really wanted him, and he picked K-State because he just felt comfortable with the offensive system. Again, they're not going to get rid of Courtney Messingham and uh, Chris Kleiman and the culture at Kansas State. And before we continue with Tim, this is, of course, uh, the last week of the football season. It is a bowl week, and you want to get in right now at heartlandcollegesports.com by betting on these games and using our partners at mybookie.com, where with the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, you get a 100% sign-up bonus. As of this recording, our bowl picks are 2-0 and so far. We hit Oklahoma State minus 1. We hit Texas minus 7.5. And, a half, and uh, we are feeling good about the rest of our bowl picks. So at mybookie.com, where you can use the money for anything, NFL, uh, college, NBA, whatever you want, college basketball, of course, getting underway, with the promo code BIG12, BIG12, you get a 100% sign-up bonus. You put in 100 or 200, you get that money free right out of the gates. No unlocking it. So get in on our bowl picks, mybookie.com. Use that promo code BIG12, BIG12, for your free 100% sign-up bonus. Appreciate it, guys. Mm-hmm. Tim Fitzgerald, go PowerCat. Uh, Tim, on on the recruiting side of things, uh, how you mentioned that this team's got to recruit better on the offensive side. Uh, Jake Rubley is the guy that obviously accomplishes that. But what about as a whole? I mean, we saw and we know what Bill Snyder did for 25, 30 years, getting the under-recruited diamonds in the rough who want to be there, who can develop. How much is that similar to what Chris Kleiman is doing? How is it different? And and through a couple of recruiting cycles, how do you think it's working? Uh, it's it's very similar, um, but not to Snyder 2.0, maybe Snyder 1.0. When they were they're going out and getting, you know, some pretty good kids, some guys that obviously could play at the NFL level. You go back to that 98 team, and it was littered with NFL guys. And uh, you know, back then they were getting some of those guys through junior college ranks was, was totally radical back then. It's so funny how things have changed over the last 20 plus years. Uh, and all along though, he was finding guys that were just missed, just overlooked. Um, you know, as you go through the, the years, the names are obvious starting with Jordy Nelson, but I think there's still some of that going on. We're seeing them go find some kids that maybe others are missing on, but the world's changed Pete, because there's so many services like 24 seven sports that are, you know, monitoring these kids further along in the process. It's hard to really find a kid that gets missed, but you know what? They're still in the state of Kansas. They're still finding kids in the state of Kansas. 
Uh, they, you know, they, they found a gold mine out of Hayes, Kansas this year that they've got one kid, um, Gavin Hazelhorst, who's in this recruiting class. There's two more coming in that are legitimate big 12 type players in the next class. So those kids are out there um, and they're doing a good job of finding them. I think the talent levels on the rise at Kansas state, but you don't overturn a, a hundred and players, you know, 85 scholarship and a bunch of walk-ons in, in two cycles or even three cycles. So they've only really had one and a half of their own recruits here. And, and we'll see if, uh, you know, after three good solid recruiting years, if we see a change in talent and most importantly really is depth. I mean, how they got through this season, uh, was because of quality, decent depth that honestly this program didn't have over the last few years of Bill Snyder. Mm -hmm. Tim Fitzgerald. Hey, Tim, before we let you go, I want to just uh, touch on basketball here for a couple of minutes and just uh, pick your brain on what looks like it's going to be a very difficult season. Uh, Bruce Weber going through a, a second real major rebuild since he's been on campus. Is is it an appropriate expectation for Kansas State basketball to be in this spot, or are we at the point where uh, this should not be happening with the program, with its history, with its legacy, and and you know what's that fine line between letting somebody rebuild and saying, hey, this is this is not acceptable based on our standards? Uh, you nailed it. Um, let's cut this baby in half. Um, you know, because <clears throat> there's two ways to look at this. One being that this isn't acceptable. I don't find this acceptable in any way that in a eight year period, now he's in season nine, you've had to rebuild from the ground up, not because of some odd circumstance, but because of recruiting, because of uh, the players weren't good enough and you had to run off a bunch of guys um, and, and start from scratch. I don't find that acceptable. You know, I saw, um, someone on social media posts that K-State's never had a basketball tradition. I'm like, wow. I mean, <laughs> you talk about living in the moment. They've, they have been to four Final Fours. Um, so saying never is obscene. And it's almost like there's a race here for uh, all of us old farts to age out so we don't remember what the expectation should be. Uh, and I want more from Kansas State basketball, but it's also been made very clear that these rebuilds are being accepted by the leadership at Kansas State. I may not agree with that, but I'm not going to bang my head against the wall anymore and, and say, you know, they need to make a change because here's the reason, Pete. I actually think this group's really good. Now, is it five-star heading to the NBA? <clears throat> you know, we, we walked in off the AU circuit and we're playing Big 12 basketball good. No, not really. I mean, but that's not the kind of kids you're going to get at Kansas State. And honestly, in college basketball, that's not the kind of kids you want to build a program with. You can yeah. get some flash success with those one and dones. We saw it at Kansas State with Michael Beasley. Um, and But you want the Jacob Pullins. You want the guys that are going to come and, and be okay as freshmen, and he was. And then by a senior year, you're an All-American. And Pete, I see some of that on this team. Davion Bradford has the potential to be the best big man at Kansas State since those final fours, mm -hmm. since the 60s. I mean, K-State has had such a struggle getting big men that uh, can function. And I mean that at a basic core level. Do everything you need from a big man. And here's Davion with good hands, good feet, seven feet, big body, needs to learn to use it properly. 
He's learned to rebound, but hey, he can score. He knows how to score. He's got that scores instinct that I haven't seen in a postman, uh, a true big man at Kansas State in a long, long time. Uh, you know, let's set aside the Dean Wade and Curtis Kelly's who are 6'9, 6'10. They were really forwards. But you got to go back to Bob Boozer and Jack Parr. Those are names that no kid around here really knows unless they've studied up on history. So Davion's something special. Nigel Pack, a point guard, something special. I absolutely love Sultan Miguel, the guy that hit the game-winning three-pointer last night. Um, you know, uh, there's just some real talent here on this team. And so I've been preaching patience. If, if the leadership of Kansas State is going to accept a second rebuild and let Coach Weber do it, then let's see what happens here. And you know what? If, if for some reason they absolutely tank, and I don't even like to talk about this right now, but let's say this team just falls apart and he loses his locker room again. And really, that's the problem here. It's not just about talent. And he loses locker rooms and the culture falls apart. Then a new coach will inherit a wealth of talent with which to work. So I see a real positive here for the future of Kansas State basketball, whether Bruce Weber's the coach or not. And it's rooted in these young players. Um, and we haven't even seen Luke Kasupki yet play, who's the three-point shooter, because of a foot injury. This, this group's good, and I have to commend the coaches for going out and finding eight recruits, all of whom are showing that they can contribute at this level in some way, even if the wins and losses don't add up to much this year. You see hope. Uh, it was hard to find it against Omaha, but they did find a way to win. And uh, we'll see as they progress now into the teeth of the Big 12 schedule. They've already got a win. Maybe that'll be their only win in the conference play. But you got to measure this team by things other than W's. Because that's just the way it is. That's where the program is. And that has been deemed acceptable by the leadership of Kansas State Athletics. He's Tim Fitzgerald, always does great work with GoPowerCat.com covering Kansas State. Tim, it is always great to have you on the show, my friend. Um, happy New Year. We'll talk to you soon. Very good. Thanks again to Tim. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Before you head out, leave that rating and review. We've got free Heartland College Sports koozies for you when you leave us a rating and review. And send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks to each and every one of you. Uh, continue to enjoy your holidays, enjoy the bowl games, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. And of course, don't forget about our friends at MyBookie.com with that promo code BIG12, BIG12. You get a 100% sign-up bonus at MyBookie.com. Our bowl picks are 2-0 and so far, so get on them now. All right, guys, enjoy it, and um, hang in there with the games. We'll talk to you soon.